Do you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015, and I want to show your family how to do it too. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Families Fly Free podcast. I'm Lynn Mettler, the creator of Families Fly Free, a premier online travel community where I teach families my simple system to always fly for free using travel rewards. So this week, I wanna dive into some listener questions. So we have a listener, Jamie, and he said it was fine for me to use his name, who sent me some questions over the last couple of weeks that I really loved. I loved the thought that went into these questions. I loved the detail um, that he put into these questions. And so I wanted to, over a few episodes, um, address some of his questions because you might have the same question. And I am a very logical person. So before I dive into anything, participate in something, um, I want to know that it makes logical sense. And so I am the type of person who would ask these very same questions. And so that's why this really appealed to me because I totally get it. And if you're seeing some things in travel rewards or things that I've talked about that don't make sense, please, please ask me. I don't want you to be out there wondering or trying to make, you know, connect the dots and you can't seem to connect them. So I'm always open to talking through these questions because I want this to work for your family. Um, and really that's why I created Families Fly Free to be able to personally work with families through all of these detailed types of things to make sure that it's a fit for you and that we're putting a process into place that's going to work for your family because it isn't a one size fits all. There is an outline to my formula for sure, but it has to be tweaked based on your individual situation. So um, let's just dive into the first one. And you know, this is a good example of individual situation. One of them is what airport are you flying out of the majority of the time? So Jamie lives in Detroit and just is bringing up the point that Southwest is not, that's not a main hub for them. Um, they do fly into Detroit, but Detroit is mainly a Delta airport. You might be in a similar situation if you live in Atlanta. So like Lisa on my team, she lives in Atlanta. And so Delta is the main you know, airline out of Atlanta. They're going to have the most convenient flights. They're going to have the most flights. So how do you make it work if Southwest is a key part of how I teach flying free, particularly the Southwest Companion Pass, um, Jamie's question is, how do you make this work if you don't really feel like Southwest is the, the main airline that you're going to fly? So he says, you know, how can your travel strategy work for someone in my situation? What is an alternative to Southwest and how could it be adapted? So I have many members um, who live in the Detroit area. We have members all over the country. And we even have members who don't, their airport Southwest doesn't even fly into or out of. Um, so 
But regarding Detroit specifically, uh, I have you know multiple members in that area who had a similar reaction to this, right? At the beginning, they're like, I don't know, like Southwest doesn't, I'm going to have to take a connecting flight to this particular destination, or they may not have the best time that I want to take. Um, and both that, that I have in my head that I'm going to share with you today wanted to fly Delta because that's the primary airline. So um, this is where I have you think about you know, would you be willing to fly a connection if you could fly for free six times a year? Like, are you flying for free six times a year right now? Would you like to? And would you be willing to not take Delta and the nonstop or the better time of day or whatever it is that makes it more convenient in order to fly for free? So that's the mindset you really have to shift into. I know it sounds great to fly nonstop and um, to have an assigned seat maybe on Delta, right? Um, but what if you can only afford to travel Delta once? Or maybe you have enough points to fly Delta once a year and then you pay for another flight for two. Or do you want to fly 10 times a year like my family did last year? So now that said, you don't always have to fly Southwest the way I teach it. You do need to be open to them being your primary airline. So whenever you can fly Southwest, you should. And the reason is because your points are going to go so much further if you opt to do that. And what when you can stretch your points further, you get to take more trips and or you get to bring more people with you because you're doing more on the same number of points on Southwest by a long shot than you are with that same total of points or miles on Delta. So um, Chad Pennycuff, who uh, is the host of the My DVC Points podcast, he is an example of someone who lives in Detroit. And he was definitely skeptical of this at first, and he'll be the first one to tell you that. So but he's now been doing it for over a year, learning my system, working my system, and he's now really seeing the benefits of it. And so he ended up doing a whole podcast on his show, which I will link to in the show notes, but it's episode 265 of the My DVC Points podcast. And he he literally called his show Why Lynn Was Right, which just cracks me up, <laughs> right? Sometimes it takes people... Um, you, you have to get in there and learn the system and put it into practice to really see how it works. Um, but then you are amazed at how well it works and why we recommend that you do the things that you do, because it truly just simplifies things and it enables you to take so many more trips than you ever would have been able to do and then even have some points left over for hotels. So under my system, you're going to collect points and flexible systems. You're going to collect points in Southwest, and we'll talk more about that in the next question. But if you just have Delta miles, you can't use those on hotels, right? But under my system, we take, we talk a lot about flexible points um, and systems. If you're going to fly Southwest, that you can transfer those points over to Southwest. Um, and so you can use them over there if you need them, or if you don't, you've got them that are flexible. You can book other airlines, you can book hotels, et cetera. So I encourage you to listen to his podcast um, if you want to hear from someone who was skeptical, who now is really seeing huge benefits of this simple process and of switching to Southwest. Another member I have, um, Heather Hill, and I interviewed her. Um, 
Hers is a bonus episode, which I will link to, but it's called $7,000 plus saved flying free as a single parent to college visits, Hawaii yoga retreats, and more. She also lives in Detroit. And um, she was another one who at the beginning when she and I chatted, you know, she was skeptical about shifting. I, you know, I really would rather fly Delta and I'm not sure about flying Southwest. And so she just totaled up her savings in our community for 2023. And I think hers was over $9,000 for 2023 by following our techniques. Now, she's not always flying Southwest either. So she's taken trips, um, especially to Europe where Southwest doesn't fly and she's flown other airlines and she's had enough points to do that. So I hope those are two good examples. Again, you can go back and listen to um, Chad's podcast. You can listen to Heather on my podcast and hear their stories. Um, about how successful they've been and know that they were two at the beginning who who didn't have Southwest as a main airline at their airport, um, but were able to make that switch. Now, what I would say is if you don't, if you just don't ever want to fly Southwest, you don't care if it means more free trips for you, you're just not willing to fly them, you're not willing to connect, take a connection you don't always have to take a connection on Southwest either, but sometimes you might. Um, now, I personally am not willing to fly, you know, say from Indianapolis to Dallas to New York City. Like, I won't do that, right? Um, but I am willing to fly from Indianapolis to D.C. to New York City. That one makes sense, right? So I'm happy to stop if that means that's another free trip that I get to take that I wouldn't have otherwise. So we take a mix of you know, uh, Southwest doesn't have a ton of nonstops out of Indianapolis, so we have to connect a lot of the time, but we're going to all these places that we always dreamed of. So I do recommend Southwest be your primary airline. You fly them whenever you can, um, but knowing that you can fly another airline here or there on occasion. And we certainly have plenty of members where Southwest doesn't even fly into their airport that they drive to another nearby airport in order to fly Southwest for free most of the time. So Cami on my team um, comes to mind as an example of that. They have to drive two hours to get to uh, the Indianapolis airport to use their Southwest companion pass and to fly Southwest for free. But um, they also opt sometimes to fly a different airline using their points. Um, out of their home airport because it's more convenient for them to do that. And, and you can do that on our system. Um, but if you just aren't ever willing to fly Southwest, then the way I teach it is not going to be appealing to you and you're not going to get the most benefit from it. Okay, so let's move on to question two. That was a long answer. <laughs> okay, so the next one um, that Jamie said is, when I talk about how um, how few points I pay for flights on Southwest. So um, at some point, it might've been a couple of years ago, I talked about a target of 7,500. Um, and I would say now I aim for, if I can, 7,500 to 10,000 points round trip. Um, so he quoted me as in an episode saying, there's no way that you should be using 125,000 points for one trip for four people. Um, and I stand by that. Um, most of the time you shouldn't have to do that. There might be an occasion where I always use the example of you want to fly to South uh, Hawaii over Christmas. Okay. That's probably going to be expensive to fly anywhere over the holiday winter breaks 
is expensive in dollars or in points. And so we have always opted not to fly during that time period because I'm not willing to spend that number of points to go somewhere then. And generally we don't love to travel then anyway, because we're just tired from all of the holiday activities and we're trying to recover. And it's usually cold here and going to the airport and all that is, is a pain. Um, normally though, you can stretch 125,000 points across four or five trips. Now, you can't just like you can't just be out there and look on the southwest side and be like what is she talking about like it is 38,000 points to wherever it is i want to go you have to understand the ins and outs of how southwest works and how to work that price down below what you see the published price to be and we could do a whole episode on that and i have a whole lesson inside of the family's fly free membership called stretching your points and that's what this is all about how do you pay fewer points for every flight to be able to take more trips every year and bring more people with you? And I think this is an area probably why this is a confusing topic is because most other people don't ever talk about this. So it does seem a mystery like, wait a second, I thought you just had to pay the points price of whatever it says. And, you know, most of the time on any other airline, you're looking at 25,000 points round trip per person. And that's where I got this, you know, that's what it would be to fly four people. It would be 100,000 points anytime you wanted to go somewhere. So the way that you work the points price down most of the time, and that said, sometimes you will have to pay more points. So my most recent example is over Thanksgiving when we went out to LA to Disneyland. That was a lot more points than I normally pay. We also splurged and paid more points to fly to Paris last summer. But here's the thing. I have the points to do that because of the system that I have in place that's always replenishing my points. And we're not doing it by opening card bonuses all the time. Again, that's the traditional wisdom out there. Just keep opening cards and getting the bonus. And that's where so many people get overwhelmed and confused and come to me and are like, oh, thank goodness, someone who's not telling me to have a wallet full of 10 or 15 or 20 cards, because that is difficult. Um, and you may want to have a wallet full of cards. And if you want to, go for it. You might not like my system because mine is designed to be able to do this with three or four cards. So back to how we pay fewer points per flight, um, because it's a combination of these two things, paying fewer points per flight, and then understanding how to keep replenishing your points balance at the same time that you're spending. So it's really understanding all of the tricks of the trade of Southwest and how to pay fewer points per flight. And even beyond Southwest, we show you how to get the best points deal on Europe flights too, um, which is does not involve airline alliances and searching for a reward seat to open up. None of that. We show you multiple different flexible ways. You can book any airline that you want any flight that you want, if you want to fly in first class, you can do that if you have the points. But we show you three or four ways to compare and make sure you're paying the fewest points per flight. In fact, I had a member email me over the weekend through our members only email where you can send us a question anytime about anything as a member and get a quick response even on the weekend um, who was looking to book flights from Dublin back to New York City. And so I was able to help them with, okay, 
here's the things as a reminder that you need to be comparing and contrasting to get at the best possible points price to pay the fewest points for that flight home. So when it comes to Southwest, you know, there's a million different ways to save. So one of them is making sure you're booking at a time when the points price is low because Southwest's cash price is tied to the points price. So a, a point on Southwest is worth about one and a half to two cents. So if you can book when the cash price is low, then you're going to pay fewer points also. So you want to understand when they are having sales. And that's something we track constantly inside of Families Fly Free. And we tell our members the second we see a good deal. So Southwest has a sale almost every week. And so we send our members um, an email or you can get it via mobile alert too like you know, the notifications that pop up on your phone. Um, and we say, hey, they're having a, a sale this week. This isn't a really good one. But still check and make sure, you know, maybe your flights that you booked haven't gone down or a flight that you want to book might be, you know, cheaper than you expected. And then sometimes we're like, this is a sale that's amazing. Go book now, right? Um, and so our members get some really good deals because they have someone watching this for them so they don't have to. And someone who's been doing this for years, I've been watching Southwest sales for, you know, since at least 2015. And so I also have a sense of the rhythm of when a good sale is probably going to be coming. So I can tell everybody like, okay, get ready because we're getting ready to probably see a good beach sale or a Caribbean sale coming up soon. Um, and so we're able to keep everybody abreast of this. So book when it's low, but that said, I'm always a proponent of book Southwest early. And here's why. Southwest lets you rebook your flight if the price goes down and get either a credit if you paid in cash or points back if you paid in points. Now, we teach our members to always book Southwest in points because it's when you book in cash, it's not nearly as flexible. So if I book something today for 5,000 points and tomorrow it's 3,000 points for that very same flight, I can go into my flight, I can click change, and I can get 2,000 points put back in my account just for checking. <laughs> so there's, and there's no fee to do that. Now, if I had booked in dollars, so let's say I booked a $100 flight and today it's $75, I can go in and do the same thing and I'm gonna get a $25 travel credit. Well, we don't like these because number one, you can't mix them with points. So let's say I have this $25 credit and I want to book a $100 flight, well, I'm going to have to pay $75 for that flight now. And we're trying to teach people how to not pay anything for flights. So you if you, you can't mix it with points. Um, so it's very difficult. And so we can show people, and we have videos inside our membership, for how to kind of cobble together any love vouchers you might have gotten because a flight was canceled or delayed with any travel credits that you've gotten. But it's a semi-complicated process. Um, that we can show you how to do, but we'd love for you to avoid it to start with because you're gonna make things a lot simpler for yourself. So if you book in points to start with, the points just that go, like if it's the 2000 points I get back, it just goes right back in my account. Those points never expire. I can use them to book anyone. And of course I can use them with any points booking in the future because they're just points. So almost every single day, I look to see if the price of flights that I have booked have gone down. Um, and I 
I suggest that you at least look on Tuesdays because Tuesdays are when airfares tend to be at their lowest. They're not always, but that's a good general day to check. So again, I mean, constantly our members are posting our community how many points they've saved just by doing this one thing. And we save tens of thousands of points by just checking and rebooking that. That's just one of many things you can do. There's other things like booking on the cheapest days. Like I said, prices are usually lowest on Tuesday. So if you book on Tuesday instead of Saturday, you're more likely to pay less for your flight. Also flying on Tuesdays and Wednesdays tend to be cheaper days to fly. So um, when we started doing this, we would usually fly a Tuesday to a Tuesday and we would just have our kids miss school that next Monday and Tuesday. If it was like spring break, something like that, we'd fly out on the first Tuesday of spring break. And then we just have a miss Monday and Tuesday um, and then go back to school on Wednesday. So that's another thing that you can do to try to save. Now, those aren't always the cheapest days to fly, but they tend to be. You can choose a connecting flight if it's cheaper than the nonstop flight. Another thing we did at the beginning in particular, we hadn't flown a lot of places. So we just picked places that we hadn't been to that were cheap to fly to from Indianapolis. And that just changes over time. And I teach a technique to encourage you to over time, like make a list of the places you want to go and regularly check and see how much it costs to go there. And that starts to give you a sense of what a low price is to that destination and what a high price is. And then you can book when the price is low. This is like a basic couponing concept. You understand what the low price is of the various grocery items that you buy. And then when you see it at that price, you stock up and then you pair it with a coupon. So that's what we're doing here. We're trying to buy it at the lowest points price and our points are our coupons. So just having an understanding of what even is a good price from your destination. So we flew like to New York City. It was cheap at the time. We flew Denver is still a regularly cheap one for us. So you can go all kinds of places, um, you know, in Colorado and see the Rocky Mountains, Rocky Mountain National Park. We've driven to Telluride multiple times. Um, we do Orlando is generally a cheap place to fly for us or Fort Lauderdale. From Fort Lauderdale, you can get to a lot of places in the Caribbean for very, very cheap. So just having a sense of what's cheap rather than being like, we definitely want to fly to Hawaii over Christmas, end of story. Now you can do that, but again, that's going to cost you more points. If you're willing to say, where could we go over the holidays that will cost us the least points? Now you're talking. <laughs> so now you're going to be able to stretch your points a lot further. So I think it's a lot about shifting to that mindset of what are some different ways that I can pay fewer points per flight? And we are just really, really good at this because we've been doing it for years and we help members day in and day out to do this. The last thing I would say is just really understanding the hacks um, and those change over time. And so another question Jamie had asked was about, well, you know, Delta, like, um, you know, they changed their frequent flyer system this year and the elite status and how you earn that and Southwest slightly devalued their points this year. And well, what if that happens, you know, is everything going to end? And so what we will do, things totally change. Like Southwest, since I've been doing this, it used to be 110,000 points to get companion pass. And then I think it was, I can't remember if it went to 115 or if it went directly to 125 and then they made it 135,000 points but it's still totally easy to get the companion pass. We just adjust and adapt our techniques to show you the best way to do it right now. Airlines are gonna change things. 
they are not going to get rid of frequent flyer miles because um, I talked about this in a recent episode and I don't remember the number, but the Delta CEO was talking about the amount of money they generate from their partnership with Amex and their travel card. I mean, I think it was billions of dollars. So this is a huge value to them. They're not going to do away with it. Southwest has had the companion pass for years and years and years. Very, very unlikely that they would do away with it. But if they do, we'll teach you the next best way to always fly for free with your family. And that's another reason of we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We do know there's a Southwest Companion Pass right now. And we do know we have an amazing system to work all this. So take advantage of it now for sure while it's available, while you can travel, while you don't have illness or physical ailments or surgeries or you know, people that you need to take care of and you're a little bit more restricted in what you're able to do. We're big proponents of travel now while you can, because we don't know what's coming around the corner tomorrow. Like I always think of COVID, who would have ever expected something like that to happen? And that just shut down so much. So, um, and there were so many people who emailed me during that period that were so sad that they hadn't done more travel, particularly people who were aging and who felt like, that after COVID, they might be too old to go and do the things that they want because they might not be physically um, able to do that. So I hope that's a good explanation of number two. And okay, I'm going to do one more. You can see I could talk about these things forever, but I love it. Like ask me these questions. You can always send them to info at familiestravelfree.com. If you think of some detailed questions like this and you want an answer, I'm happy to engage you. Um, okay, so this next one um, says that I seem to rely less on sign-up bonuses, um, and I also use fewer cards. Um, I talk about using Chase Sapphire Preferred often as an everyday spending card. And so Jamie's saying, I don't see how a regular person could even earn 125,000 points in a non-companion pass or non-Chase Sapphire Preferred bonus year. Um, the Chase Sapphire Preferred only earns one point per dollar on your everyday spend. So why wouldn't I recommend the Chase Freedom Unlimited? Because that one earns one and a half points um, for your everyday spend. Okay, um, so let me address the Chase Freedom Unlimited part of things. You absolutely can use Chase Freedom Unlimited um, for your everyday spending card because it does earn that half a point more than Chase Sapphire Preferred, like for sure. But here's the thing. If you want the full value out of Chase Freedom Unlimited, you have to have a Chase Sapphire Preferred or a Chase Sapphire <clears throat> Reserve or a Chase Inc. Business Preferred to, to have that full um, use of that card. Because Chase Freedom Unlimited, for example, you can use the points you earn to book in the Chase Travel Portal, but they're only worth one cent. If you Chase Sapphire Preferred points are worth 1.25 cents, so you get more value out of your, South, uh, your Chase Sapphire Preferred point when booking in the Chase Travel Portal. And if you want to transfer Chase points to any of their transfer partners, which include Southwest, JetBlue, United, Hyatt, Marriott, IHG, and more, you have to have Chase Sapphire Preferred. You can't transfer from Freedom Unlimited to any of their travel partners. So you've got to have Chase Sapphire Preferred anyway. And what I have found, because this is how I did it <clears throat> for years and years and years, 
was with Chase Sapphire Preferred and not with Chase Freedom Unlimited. And we had plenty of points for a family of four to fly six times a year, always with a Southwest Companion Pass, okay? Always playing all these different techniques and tricks to save on points, like I explained in the last question, and it worked. So yes, you could earn another half a point if you want to add Freedom Unlimited. That's going to add another card to your wallet, which you certainly can do absolutely is an option. But all I'm saying is that we were able to do it without that card. Now, I did add Chase Freedom Unlimited myself for the very first time ever since 2015 this year because we had a very good offer where they would match your first year spending um, at the end of the year. So it gave you an opportunity to earn three points per dollar on everything, which is um, better than you will do on any other card right now. So like he's, he's talking about Chase Sapphire Preferred earns one point, Freedom Unlimited earns one and a half points. You can look at Capital One Venture that earns double two points. So three points is better than all of that. And so that's why I decided to opt for it. But I just want to note, I've done it without that. And most of my members do it without that just fine. So you can certainly opt to keep it simple, just use Chase Sapphire Preferred, and it works just fine. And another reason you want to use Chase Sapphire Preferred for some expenses, like particularly travel, where it earns two points per dollar is because it has really good insurance on that card. It has really good car rental insurance on that card. So you definitely want to use that card for your travel purchases. So we explain all of this. It's all put into a simple step-by-step -step system. Here I'm just kind of ad hoc explaining it to you to answer questions, but we show you exactly what card to use for what, what order you need to add cards, how you're going to get a companion pass, how you're going to add cards to do that. And another point I want to make here is we're teaching you to earn a companion pass. It's good from the time you earn it till the end of the following year, which is can be as almost two years. And we're going to get you on a system so it lasts almost two years every time. So every two years, you're going to have a new batch of 125,000 points. And I say 125,000 because uh, Southwest gives you 10,000 points that qualify toward the companion pass if you hold any of their cards, but you can't use those points to book free flights. So it, you have to earn 135,000, but they give you 10, but those 10 can't be used to book flights. So that's why I tell you 125,000 you'll have available to you to book flights. You're getting a fresh batch of 125,000 points every two years, which is better than you'd get on any bonus on any card um, the way that we teach it. And then we're just showing you how to correctly use your everyday spending cards. Now, if you have a big goal of you want to take a bunch of people somewhere or you want to book a all-inclusive with Hyatt or something like that, we can give you strategies that maybe you do want to add another card to get a bonus so you have um, plenty of points to work with. Um, and we can show you how to do that. As members, we can take a look at what cards you have. We can take a look at your 524 status and make sure that we're keeping an eye on that and that if you do need to open cards for a companion pass in the future, um, that we're making sure you've got plenty of spots left to do that. Um, and then we can advise you on, okay, we think this might be a, the best option for you um, to get some more points in your account to book that special all-inclusive in Cancun with Hyatt, something like that. So 
I hope that um, gives you some answers maybe to some questions that you have had as well, like Jamie. It's much easier for me to talk through these things sometimes than it is to try to type out an answer. I can do that, of course, but I think it's easier to talk through. So I love this opportunity um, to talk through these answers as well um, and really give you my perspective on it. So in a future episode, I'll um, keep going through some more of Jamie's questions. And if you have any questions that you want me to answer on the podcast or just to answer over email, I would love to do that. Again, you can email me at info at familiestravelfree.com. All right, that's it for this episode. And I will chat with you next week. If you're ready to fly your family free forever, I invite you to join my Families Fly Free membership. You'll learn how to stop paying for airfare throughout the U.S., Caribbean, and Europe so you can make those priceless travel memories before your kids or even grandkids leave home for good. And you'll learn it using my simple, proven formula that's helped hundreds of families. You can get more information at familiesflyfree.com.